0: Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Money FM 89.3, it is now time for Sports Minutes with Elliot Danka and Ziaul Raushan. Everybody, get up. There's a reason why we're playing this song today.
1: (laughs) Together with the Monday Blues? Uh, Yes, a little bit. You know this one
0: Robin Thick, Blurred Lines. And it's it's on the back of this uh, sports article we saw, right? That got us to think, you know, for these sports stars, they they always have these causes, like whatever, whatever social justice stuff. Ah. do they really believe in it, or they just want more Instagram followers?
1: Yeah, it does. It does beg the question if it's uh, to steal the title of this song, blurred lines, <laughs> right? Whether there's an ulterior motive involved, and that's a conversation I believe worth having, purely because you want to think they're using their their power or mm. their reach for good but on a on a macro level you do wonder if not just footballers but the football investors come in with Another agenda to fight their own uh, personal agendas.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all about uh, getting more more eyeballs, as they say. Well, uh, we came across this very interesting article uh, written by a friend of ours, uh, Karstip Pandi, who is a European football writer. Karstip, how are you?
2: Pretty good. I mean, enjoying a lot of football. Um, I think this weekend. So yeah,
0: doing pretty well. Yes, sir. Some self-imploding in the FA Cup (laughs) as well. Um, But thanks a lot for taking the time uh, to speak with us. I I suppose, if you don't mind, I want to start off by the inspiration behind your article, you know, talking about the uh, increasing influence of footballers. I mean, just generally tell us about the inspiration behind it.
2: I think I've been writing a lot about along these lines post the Super League idea. I mean, I think the Super League was probably the tipping point where a lot of us football fans and a lot of football writers sort of... uh, reached this point, I mean, mentally, where we thought, are we Are we doing the right thing in, mm. um, you know, supporting football clubs? I mean, I mean, they are football clubs, but at the end of it, they're all commercial entities mm. who are run by, you know, massive billionaires who are absolutely going away from the sport and going away from the very grassroots and the very purpose of what football clubs are meant to be. Because if you look at what football clubs were, I mean, when they actually started off, they were local clubs, essentially. They were... A part of the community but over time they've been uh i mean the word would probably be run into the ground mm-hmm. and over time they've been taken away from where they actually existed and we've all become global fans i mean and we buy expensive jerseys yeah. club jerseys <laughs> which cost about uh i mean from an indian indian perspective they cost about six thousand rupees which is which is a massive amount and we are much feeding into their wallets in a way so Mm. are we a part of the problem i mean that that's what i used to think about and and a lot of my colleagues used to think the same so i think i've been writing about and exploring a lot of avenues in that regard so i think that's probably why i wrote wrote that article
1: that's an excellent question you asked are we part of the problem right but i just want to zoom in on that fact that you said these clubs started out as grassroots clubs so essentially if there was no commercialization me, you and Elliot won't have a club to support all the way from India or Singapore, be it where we are, right? For example, we support a club in England. So do you then think the commercialization is understandable and needed, but there needs to be a line drawn as to how far we take it?
2: Yeah, I think commercialization is completely fine. I mean, because over time, um, the value of football has increased. Uh, and when the value of football increases, you'll see much more prominent stakeholders in that. Because... Um, as i said if if footballs uh, football matches are being watched for about 2 pounds or something in the uk i mean back then uh, the fans would have higher access to it but mm. once footballs reach increased say if it, if tickets now cost about 50 pounds it it just shows that footballs being run by you know larger entities than we actually thought of about 20 30 years ago so i think commercialization of the game is fine but there comes a point where there needs to be a self-reflection where football is creating this cocoon um, Mm -hmm. in which it's currently existing but it only takes about some minute changes for it to somehow break out of the cocoon and face problems which we i think are on the verge of Mm -hmm. because of of the super league uh, scandal and the way um, things are going on in the rest of europe as compared to the premier league where the premier league is trying to completely break away from everything i mean Metaphorically, because Brexit has happened as well yeah. but uh the premier league has become this entity which is pretty much bigger than the rest of the five leagues yeah um and the five leagues actually include the portuguese league or maybe the eredivisie as well mm-hmm. the premier league is bigger than all of them combined and premier league could well be i mean financially the premier league is bigger than the rest of the europe combined mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: so i think that's the cocoon we're talking about and i think we're heading to a point where i think conversation need to be need to be need to take place about the direction in which football is going. I think commercialization is completely fine.
0: Right. Uh, and we will uh, include in the description of this podcast uh, the article that Khaustub has written. It's it's really insightful. Uh, if you want to check it out, it is in the description of this podcast. Um, so you say commercialization is fine. What happens in, in the theme of this this uh, discussion, Blurt Lines, right? What happens when it's politicizing? Uh, take, for example, the most recent World Cup. Yeah, I think
2: a lot of questions were raised about uh the way Qatar sort of initially won their voting won their hosting rights for the World Cup really? um, but I think it was probably the point where again, pretty much like a super league where we all question that this is happening this is this is pretty much out in the open and now we need to think a lot about the direction in which football is going but honestly speaking, this has been going on for about a hundred years now because if you look at the World Cups in the 1930s, um uh, especially the ones in Italy the way it was politically influenced by Mussolini and his right wing party and the way, and the way the 1978 world cup in argentina was influenced by their military rule and a lot of people absolutely disappeared off the face of earth uh and those people were actually against the world cup taking place mm-hmm. and and how the government had you know uh, used corruption and mean ways to bring the world cup to argentina and had mm-hmm. Weird ways to select the squad as well. A lot of people absolutely disappeared off face of her uh when they actually protested against all of this. And I think this has been going on for years now. And the Qatar World Cup was only, you know, let's say the tip of the iceberg in a way. Right. Where I think this is only going to increase now because I think the whole topic of a conversation is the very fact that footballs valuation is growing in general where Mm. clubs are now being valued at about i mean say in man united's case there was a point about some months ago where reports were saying that united could be worth as much as nine billion dollars i mean they're talking about five now but there was a point when uh, it was valued at about nine and the Glazers could well you know talk about eight or nine billion dollars when when it comes to actually selling the club Mm. so i think if A club is valued at that amount. we actually talking about owners that have no evils in them. Because that's completely um, impossible. Pretty much like politics. Because a vast majority of politicians have some skeletons in in their closet. And that also applies for a majority of owners in football now. And that's sadly the, the era we're in now.
1: That's fascinating inside, Kaustub, in terms of making reference to the Italian World Cups all those years ago and then making sense of it for Qatar. I agree with you. It's just the tip of the iceberg and it almost feels inevitable, right? You spoke there about Manchester United. Now, we know the headlines coming out of this potential Qatari investment and why it might be bad for the game in general as well as for Manchester United. But reports seem to suggest that the uh, potential new owner might be a fan at heart of Manchester United. So is that any consolation, at least for a Manchester United fan like me, that he will still put football first ahead of a political agenda? Uh,
2: I mean, honestly, I don't think it matters, because at the end of it, uh, the person he's competing against is also said to be a United fan. Mm. So, just to make sure that fans are on his side, uh, it's something you can easily talk about. Say that I'm also a United fan, and that's when I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming up against uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who's again mm. a so-called United yeah. fan. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Todd Bolly actually took over Chelsea, there was also talk about the fact that he's a Chelsea fan when he's never heard about <laughs> football, <laughs> football before. So I think um, I mean the, the the potential owner from Qatar that United are uh, talking to for a potential sale has actually been in the UK, mm. but there's also you know different ways of how you describe a fan because yes. there's there's a fan like all of us who watches pretty much every game then there's a fan who watches only the bigger games then there's a fan who follows the club on social media and reads those headlines on the newspapers and feels proud when you know your your favorite f- supposedly favorite football club yeah. wins a game mm. um but you never actually watch games because you're too busy doing something else you're busy at work and all of that mm. So that's three or four different ways of how to describe a fan. And I think saying that a potential next owner is a fan is only is only a way of, you know, striking a chord with that's, the that's fans right. of the community because we're talking about an ownership which can redevelop areas around Greater Manchester, similar to what, uh, what happened in Manchester City's case about uh, well, 13, 12 years ago. Yeah. And that place has absolutely transformed into something which no one could have imagined. Mm. And I think just to make sure that they have fans on their side by saying that they they are united fan, they and they go on and end up redeveloping that side of Manchester without uh, without having to you know come across these disturbances saying that you are no one to make those changes. Mm. So I think that's that's one part as well. But I think I don't think it matters because at the end of it. The Glazers don't. I mean, Glazers were never United fans. They mm. barely cared about United. And it's not like it's us, the fans, who are negotiating. It's the Glazers. And the 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 time they get about six billion or five billion mm. um, American dollars for 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 their uh, asset, I think they'll be happy with it. They they won't care. It's just about uh, they've been desperate to sell the club for about some months now, and the minute that happens, they'll be they'll be gone.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess uh, uh, for them, for the owners, it's all about the money slash all about image, how they appear to fans. Uh, because, uh, I mean, listening to all of this and coming back to your very first point, are we the problem as fans? So how how do I enjoy my football now? I mean, knowing that there are so many blurred lines. Yeah, I mean, it's a very existential conversation, <laughs> but I don't think, I mean...
2: From our, Now that we know about this issue, yeah. we can easily look back and feel that, yeah, maybe we were a part of the problem. Okay. But okay. that's that's pretty much a case of hindsight. And I think hindsight helps us a lot in this case. But also, uh, I, I don't think when these things are actually taking place in a sly way, we were the problem. Because at the end of it, we need to make sure that football's economic cash flow keeps flowing. Mm. Because if we stop buying jerseys, uh, I mean, we can only take individual responsibility in this case. I mean, I can stop buying jerseys today. Well, I mean, I don't buy original jerseys anymore. That That's that's something I've uh, taken a stand now. So someone else is probably doing probably doing that across the globe. I mean, millions of them are doing that across the globe. Mm-hmm. So at least the club's getting money from somewhere, from those jerseys. I mean, United signed Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, yeah. Yeah. he was a problem at the club. Uh, be it technically or even otherwise. Yeah. But the jerseys were sold. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't buy them, but mm. it was a conscious effort on my end that I was not going to buy United jerseys. I was only going to stick to, you know, first copies, second copies and all that. So, I mean, now that we're feeling guilty about it, I think we need to take some individual steps to think about the game from a larger perspective. And uh, from, the, from uh, what I mean by saying that from a larger perspective, is the fact that uh, we're probably feeding into the wallets of the wrong people at, in this case. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if someone wants to, it's fine. But if we are having this conversation, I mean, it's, it's time that we sort of look at football from that angle as well, because um, the owners in football are increasingly becoming really shady. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Seeing, I mean, we'll see that, we'll even probably see that with Tottenham Hotspur at some point because there's, there's talk about them potentially being taken over by another entity, which is American-Iranian, I think. Mm, so mm, that's going to be the case in the next 10 years where fans will have to do a lot of self-reflection because, I mean, specifically in Chelsea's case, because we're seeing Chelsea struggling on the pitch and people blaming the manager, Graham Potter, whereas actually very few people have I've come across very few people who are actually questioning what Todd Bolly's done with yeah. the spending, the lavish spending, with the mindless spending that they've done, which actually makes no tactical sense. Yep. And I think that, in a nutshell, says a lot because us as fans need to speak out when ownerships are doing wrong, which I don't think we do enough. Mm. And sometimes, when uh, in United's case, a lot of times the message was not received in the way that it should have been because mm. people thought. Uh, United fans are spoiled and that United fans only want your Glazers to spend more money when that was not part of their agenda. Yep. I mean, the actual anti-Glazer protest was not about spending. It was about the fact that the Glazers was t- were taking money yep. out of the club yep. and they didn't care about where Old Trafford was going. The club was in debt about £600 million or so.
0: Yep.
2: So... That was the point of the conversation. So I think fans need to speak up against the owners and hold them responsible more often now. Uh, or else, I mean, you, you see managers getting sacked left, sacked left, right, center, and the yeah. players will be playing way too many games, and the players will essentially turn into robots. I mean, I'll, I can <laughs> quote the Eric Cantona speech that <laughs> she made at the UEFA, uh, uh, whatever that was, the award ceremony. Yeah, that yeah. No one cares about it.
1: Yeah, I like that point you make that football fans have a voice and we should make good use of it. Now, Kaustub Pandey, we've enjoyed your company today and your fabulous insight talking about this topic. Listeners, if you want to find out more, the link is in the description to Kaustub's article Why Football's Increasing Influence is Not Good for the Fans. Kaustub Pandey, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at
0: moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app.